the power of speech. The sages identified sarat, the condition that affects human skin, fabric of garments, and the walls of a house, isn't an illness but a punishment, and not for any sin in general, but for one in particular, that of Loshon Hora, Lashon Hora, evil speech, which prompts the obvious question, why evil speech, not some other sin? Why should speaking be worse than, say, physical violence? There's an old English saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. It's unpleasant to hear bad things said about you, but no more than that. There's not even a direct prohibition against evil speech in the Torah. There's a prohibition against gossip, do not go around as a gossiper among your people. Loshon Hora is a subset of this larger command. Here's how Maimonides defines it. There's a far greater sin that falls under the prohibition of gossip, that is, the evil tongue, which refers to whoever speaks disparagingly of his fellow, even though he speaks the truth. The sages go to remarkable lengths to emphasize its seriousness. It is, they say, as bad as all three cardinal sins together, idle worship, bloodshed, and illicit sexual relations. Whoever speaks with an evil tongue, they say, is as if he denied God. They also say it's forbidden to dwell in the vicinity of those with a, an evil tongue, and all the more so to sit with them and listen to their words. So why are words treated with such seriousness in Judaism? The answer touches on one of the most basic principles of Jewish belief. There are ancient cultures who worship the gods because they saw them as powers. Lightning, thunder, the rain, the sun, the sea, and the ocean that epitomizes the force of chaos, and sometimes wild animals that represented danger and fear. Judaism wasn't a religion that worshipped power, despite the fact that God is more powerful than any pagan deity. Judaism, like other religions, has holy places, holy people, sacred times, and consecrated rituals. What made Judaism different, though, is that it is supremely a religion of holy words. With words, God created the universe, and God said, let there be, and there was. Through words, he communicated with humankind. In Judaism, language itself is holy, which is why Loshon Hara, the use of language to harm, isn't a mere minor offence. It involves taking something that is holy and using it for purposes that are unholy. It's a kind of desecration. After creating the universe, God's first gift to the first man was the power to use words to name the animals and thus use language to classify. This was the start of the intellectual process, that is, the distinction of Homo sapiens. The Targum translates the phrase, and man became a living creature, as Ruach Mamalala, a speaking spirit. Evolutionary biologists nowadays take the view that it was the demands of language and the advantage this gave humans over every other life form that led to the massive expansion of the human brain. When God sought to halt the plan of the people of Babel to build a tower that would reach heaven, he merely confused their language so that they were unable to communicate. Language remains basic to the existence of human groups. It was the rise of nationalism in the 19th century that led to the gradual downplaying of regional dialects in favour of a single shared language across the territory over which a political authority had sovereignty. To this day, differences of language where they exist within a single nation are the source of ongoing political and social friction. For example, between English and French speakers in Canada, or Dutch, French, German and Walloon speakers in Belgium, or Spanish and Basque languages in Spain. 
So God created the natural universe with words and we create and sometimes destroy social universes with words. So the first principle of language in Judaism is that it is creative. We create worlds with words. The second principle, no less fundamental, is that Abrahamic monotheism introduced into the world the idea of a God who transcends the universe and who therefore cannot be identified with any phenomenon within the universe. God is invisible. Hence, in Judaism, all religious images and icons are a sign of idolatry. So how does an invisible God reveal himself? Revelation wasn't a problem for polytheism. The pagans saw God in all the natural phenomena, the thunder, the lightning, but a God who can't be seen or represented in images demands an altogether different kind of religious sensibility. Where can such God be found? The answer again is words. God spoke. He spoke to Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses. At the revelation at Mount Sinai, Moses reminded the Israelites, the Lord spoke to you out of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but saw no form. There was only a voice. In Judaism, words are vehicles of revelation. Now, it's true that um, Judaism sees God in all the natural phenomena, and that is what we call Elohim. But we believe in another aspect of God also, which we call Hashem, the God of relationship. And relationship exists by virtue of speech. For it is speech that allows us to communicate with others and share with them our fears, hopes, loves, plans, feelings, and intentions. Speech allows us to convey our inwardness to others. It's at the very heart of the human bond. God who could create universes but not speak or listen would be an impersonal God. And that is not the Jewish God. Words are remarkable in another way as well. It was the Oxford philosopher J.L. Austin who called this the performative utterance. We can use words not only to describe things, but to do things. You can create things in words, and the classic example is a promise. When I make a promise, I create an obligation that didn't exist before. And it was actually Nietzsche, and this he was very insightful, who said, it is the ability to make a promise. That was the birth of morality and human responsibility. Hence, at the heart of Judaism is this concept of Brit covenant, which is nothing other than a mutually binding promise between God and human beings. And a covenant exists through words. Covenant is the word that joins heaven and earth. The word spoken, the word heard, the word affirmed and honoured in trust. And because of that, Jews were able to survive exile. They lost their home, their land, their power, their freedom, but they still had God's word. The word he said he would never break or rescind. The Torah, in a most profound sense, is the word of God, and Judaism is a religion of holy words. It follows that to misuse or abuse language to sow suspicion and dissension isn't just destructive, it's sacrilege. It takes something holy, the human ability to communicate, and thus join soul to soul and use it for the lowest purpose, to divide soul from soul and destroy the trust on which non-coercive relations depend. And that, according to the sages, is why the speaker of Lotion Hora was smitten by leprosy and forced to live as a pariah outside the camp, because he sought to divide people within the camp, so the verdict is let him live alone outside the camp. Language in Judaism is the basis of creation, revelation, and the moral life. 
It's the air we breathe as social beings. Hence the statement in Proverbs, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So Judaism emerged as an answer to a series of questions. How can finite human beings be connected to an infinite God? How can they be connected to one another? How can there be cooperation, collaboration, collective action, families, communities, and a nation without the coercive use of power? How can we form relationships of trust? How can we redeem the human person from his or her solitude? How can we create collective liberty such that my freedom is not bought at the cost of yours? The answer is through words. Words that communicate, words that bind, words that honour the divine other and the human other. Losh and horror, evil speech, by poisoning language, destroys the very basis of the Judaic vision. When we speak disparagingly of others, we diminish them, we diminish ourselves, and we damage the very ecology of freedom. That's why the sages take Losh and Hara so seriously, why they regard it as the gravest of sins, and why they believe that the whole phenomenon of Tzarat, leprosy in people, mildew in clothes and houses, was God's way of making it public and stigmatized. Never take language lightly implies the terror, for it is through language that God created the natural world and through language that we create and sustain our social world. It is essential to our survival as the very air we breathe. Shabbat Shalom.